And now it's time for the BetMGM MLB podcast, powered by BetQL, with Ryan Horvat and Cody Decker on the BetQL network. Welcome, one, welcome all to another week here in Major League Baseball. You are listening to BetMGM MLB podcast, powered by BetQL. I am Cody Decker. Former professional baseball player turned professional smartass on the radio. And not with me this week is Ryan Horvath. He is currently at home getting ready, taking vigorous notes, getting ready for Thursday's show because this next weekend, our final weekend of Major League Baseball. So we're going to have so much to talk about. And of course, right now today, we got a ton of bets. We're going to talk a little bit about NL and AL MVP futures and it's about time I got to eat some crow ladies and gentlemen I have to go back on my words that I have had in the past where I have said over and over and over stop bringing up this name for the MVP it is a waste of yours and my time and today is the day that I have to literally sit here on this show BetMGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL and say I was wrong I can't believe I'm going to say that because I'm never wrong That's one of the best qualities about me. But today, I have to admit, I was wrong about something. And it's not necessarily wrong for the reasons that it was like my fault. It's more, I'm kind of blaming other people, and I'll tell you why when we get to it. But first things first, we got a full slate of games and series matchups taking place this week that are huge and we are not done ladies and gentlemen i know it seems like week end of the season final week last six seven games of the year you'd think that hey we're we're wrapping this up the the divisions are all set we're all set no they ain't they are not all set i can't stress that enough that they are not all set we have complete chaos taking place in major league baseball and we have some potential ridiculous scenarios that could take place. But let's just catch you up real quick before we get into Tuesday's slate of ball games, Ladies and gentlemen, we got, of course, already clinched the Tampa Bay Rays, which, by the way, set a new record. Well, I shouldn't say set. They tied a record for most wins in a single season in franchise history. That's pretty impressive for a team that has been in the playoffs and multiple World Series for the past 15 years. You got to hand it to the Rays. They, they, the, the, the thing in baseball is they, they've created basically a whole new term, and the term is called the Rays model. You know how many other teams use the Rays model that I can think of, too? The Rays use it, of course. But the other two teams, the Dodgers and the Giants, the only teams in Major League Baseball with wins over 100 right now. Two teams with 100 wins. There's going to be three teams with 100 wins, and that third team is about to be the Rays. First time in their franchise history that they're going to get 100 wins. But let's take a look at that. Tampa Bay Rays currently sitting on 97 wins. They have, of course, the AL East completely locked up, not to mention the AL West not completely locked up. But I think it's all said and done. It looks like Houston, whose magic number, I believe, is currently three to win the division. They are right there at the end. They got 91 wins. And of course, the Chicago White Sox played in a pretty anemic division in the AL Central. They locked it up earlier this week. In fact, they were the first team to lock up their division. You look over the NL side, you got the Giants currently in first place, just barely two games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers got a big series coming up this weekend. Not to mention the Giants got a big series taking place right now against Arizona. We're going to talk about that. Milwaukee, they clinched up their division. And of course, we know what that division was. And then, of course, in the ANL East, guys, it's not over. They're two games up 
But we got ourselves a hell of a series ahead of us for Atlanta and Philadelphia. But the things that's really crazy is the wild card. Of course, the NL wild card completely locked up. It looks like St. Louis Cardinals have won 16, count them, 16 games in a row, which is ridiculous, I might add. Giving me some 2001 Moneyball vibes with the A's. Which obviously means the... St. Louis Cardinals will be knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. That's not necessarily what will happen. It's just what I hope will happen. I'm not necessarily a Cardinals fan, although I have found a lot of joy watching Harrison Bader play baseball lately. Harrison Bader looks like he was ripped out of a page from the 1992 Philadelphia Phillies. He is just 90s as hell. Great hair, rocking the mullet. You got to appreciate it. Looking up and down this league, you look at this American League wild card right now, it is still insane. Currently at the top spot, the New York Yankees. Boston Red Sox got the second spot, but one game behind them, the Toronto Blue Jays. The team that I still think is going to win the number one wild card spot, and I'm saying that with six games left. Another team right out of there. Ladies and gentlemen, they're one and a half back. The Seattle Mariners are right there in it. With this many games, I've been fading the Mariners for a month. I did not think we'd be in this scenario, but we are. And I am fired up. If you're somebody that grew up in the 90s and you're not rooting for the Mariners, then you did not grow up in the 90s. I played more Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest on the Nintendo 64 than I will ever know what to do with. Left, left, right, 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 left, left. Guaranteed home run for Ken Griffey Jr. Everybody played as the Mariners. I, I, so much so that my favorite infielder in the 90s was Russ Davis. I should not know Russ Davis's name, and neither should you. But you played those same video games that I played. And keep in mind, the Oakland A's, they're not completely out of it either. Three and a half back, it's not likely, but it is still possible. So knowing that, let's take a look at our Tuesday slate of games, not to mention all the series that are beginning, and only one of them has already started. And let's go ahead and let's really just take you through them all. Ladies and gentlemen, the Boston Red Sox currently holding the second slot of the AL wild card. Well, they got Chris Sale on the mound, and they are playing against Baltimore. We know what Baltimore is. We've known what Baltimore has been all season. There's been articles written about it, basically saying that it's been in a borderline embarrassment. And you can't disagree. You know, it's an organization that's at the very beginning stages of a rebuild. Not even a rebuild. They're beginning to plan their rebuild. But you got Boston. Chris Sale on the mound. Obviously, take a look at the money line. There is no value whatsoever. Minus 275 against Zimmerman at plus 220. Unless you're one of those people that seems to think that the Baltimore Orioles have a shot against Chris Sale today. They don't. I'm a little hesitant about the run line because there's no value on the run line either. In fact, the only type of run line that there is any value on to me is the two and a half run line favoring the, Balto uh, the Boston Red Sox. That is currently sitting at 110, minus 110. Even then, I don't think this team is going to win by three runs today. I don't. After getting swept by the Yankees, I'm seeing them putting up a four spot, maybe a five spot. But I can definitely see Chris Sale going deep into this ball game and sh striking out a ton of Baltimore Orioles. I think the under, which is currently set at nine and also set the line at minus 105. I think the under is going to come in huge today. Uh, uh, the date of Tuesday, as we are currently recording for Chris Sale and the Boston Red Sox. I think you should go ahead and take a look at that line. New York Yankees, the team that just swept the Boston Red Sox in borderline embarrassing fashion, except for, of course, the, I don't know. It depends on where you stand on this. If you're a Red Sox fan or a Yankee fan, or if you're someone who has eyes, 
whether or not that was a blown call, that final Sunday night baseball game between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, foul tip by Aaron Judge right into the glove, held it for over a second as he did the transfer, dropped the ball. Joe West calls a foul ball. I cannot stress enough what a massively bad call it was and what huge, huge consequences it had because Aaron Judge hits an RBI double. And then, of course, Giancarlo Stanton hitting a ball somewhere towards South America. My goodness, Stanton has been on fire. So take a look at that game on Tuesday night against Toronto. And this is, of course, a must win for both of these teams. And I know the Yankees are riding high right after that sweep, but the Yankees are so hot and cold to me. They're just so inconsistent to me. And one team that has not been inconsistent, especially for the last 40 games, has been the Toronto Blue Jays. Tonight, you got Tyone on the mound for the Yankees. This is Tuesday night. Tyone going plus 105 in Toronto against Ryu, minus 125. This is a pretty evenly matched up ball game. Ryu not having the best year of his career, but still doing just fine. I'm going to go ahead and fade the Yankees. I think you should take a look at Ryu minus 125 on the money line. I just don't trust the Yankees, man. No matter how hard I try to get on the Yankees bandwagon, because you look at it on paper, that team should be as real as it gets. As real as it gets. But I just can't do it, and I can't stress enough, I like this Blue Jays team, man. They have been one of my favorite teams to watch. Obviously, what Vladdy's been doing. Marcus Simeon has been through the roof. Everyone talks about Vladdy, and no one seems to pay attention that Marcus Simeon is about to break the record in Major League Baseball for most home runs in a single season by a second baseman ever. Major League Baseball is 150 years old. And Marcus Simeon's going to be the most powerful second baseman of all time. Keep in mind, Jeff Kent played second base. That guy hit, what, 325 home runs? Marcus Simeon has hit a sixth of Jeff Kent's home runs this season. Unbelievable year by him. Unbelievable year for Toronto. I'm hoping they get that top spot or just a spot in the playoffs. I really, really, really can't stress enough how much I want to see it. Philadelphia, Atlanta, in Atlanta. Guys, this is what it's all about right here. We talked about the NL East at the top of the show. Woo, baby. Get ready for some absolute gold because that division is currently standing two games apart between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Huge win. Huge win for Atlanta and San Diego Sunday evening. They're coming off to face each other, and they got their horses on the mound. Ladies and gentlemen, this is much must-watch television tonight. The night of Tuesday night between... Zach Wheeler and Charlie Morton Jr. Guys, this is as good as it gets. Wheeler currently sitting plus 100. Now, Wheeler was, you know, for a lot of this season, sitting right there at the top two, top three spots for that Cy Young. He's obviously fallen quite off, but he's having one hell of a year. Charlie Morton Jr. signing himself an extension over there for Atlanta. Great move by Atlanta, I might add. I'm currently fading the Phillies, ladies and gentlemen. Atlanta, I'm going ahead and leaning towards them. Charlie Morton Jr., minus 120 on the money line. I really kind of dig this. And here's the deal. You also should take a look at those over-unders. Seven and a half. I'm going to back away from it. I decided I'm not going to take the under. But I was leaning towards the under at seven and a half at minus 115. Wheeler and Morton on the mound. 
listen, both of these teams' offenses have been fairly inconsistent, although the Atlanta team just seems to not want to go away. They had a couple of great comebacks come from behind victories over in San Diego this last weekend. And, of course, we know that the Padres pitching staff has been absolutely struggling, a lot of injuries over there in San Diego, but you got to hand it to Atlanta. So that's why I'm kind of holding off on the under. Because whatever reason, when they get to teams' bullpens, Atlanta seems to want to score runs. They showed it last weekend. Until they show me that they're not going to do it, I'm going to stay away from that under today. Milwaukee, St. Louis. Now, Woodruff is on the mound for Milwaukee. Woodruff is currently sitting fourth in Vegas odds as we speak in the Cy Young candidacy. And he's taking on Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, for the second half, has been playing like 27-year-old Adam Wainwright. Instead, 37-year-old Adam Wainwright is absolutely carving this second half, not to mention the St. Louis Cardinals have won 16 games in a row. Let me say that one more time. The St. Louis Cardinals have won 16, one, six, 16 in a row. Unbelievable. So what do you take right here? Well, with both of these pitchers on the mound, I'm definitely looking at the under, and the under is set low. It's currently set at seven. Minus 115 for that under, but the way these two guys have been pitching this season, I think I'm safe and comfortable being with that under. I do not feel good about the run line. I think this is going to be a very close 3-2, 2-1 ball game, and I am leading towards the St. Louis Cardinals because, quite frankly, they just will not lose, and until they lose, I am not going to fade them one time. I'm just not. They've been that good. And also, I can't believe I'm going to say this, because the Cardinals, to me, have always been a very stuffy organization. They haven't been stuffy. They have been so much fun to watch. Seriously, every time I look at Harrison Bader play baseball, I, I look at him and I think, that guy gets out of bed, immediately just starts playing air guitar vigorously to a song that's not even playing. It's just in his head. I'm assuming it's Freebird. I'm assuming he's doing Freebird. Goes inside, takes a look at himself in the mirror, throws in some... Good old-fashioned moose. Yes, he uses moose still because he's got to keep the curls nice and volume-like. And then he goes and plays out of his mind. I love it. He seems like he's out of control out there, and I can't get enough of this guy. He is so much fun to watch. Take a look at those Cardinals tonight. I really think they're going to have themselves a hell of a game against Milwaukee. They are playing at home, which is another reason you might want to fade Milwaukee. And Milwaukee hasn't been playing their best baseball lately. Not the time for Milwaukee to kind of phone it in. That's a team that should be giving a lot of problems to a lot of teams in October. Arizona, San Francisco. Ladies and gentlemen, this one is big because they are currently the San Francisco Giants at the top, not of the, just their division, but of all the Major League Baseball and wins. 102 wins for the San Francisco Giants. Who saw that coming other than me? No one listened to me, and they all said I was a madman when I told them, Guys, don't sleep on the Giants. They're good. And look at them. They're good. And what do they got today? They got an easy cakewalk of a series. Not what the pot, not what the Dodgers want to hear. I can tell you that right now. Because right now you got the San Francisco Giants, one, already having 101, 102 wins this season. Two, they're playing against the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Three, they're playing at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who the Arizona Diamondbacks have the single worst road record in Major League Baseball. Everything is looking San Francisco Giants. I would be shocked if the Giants didn't sweep the Arizona Diamondbacks. On Tuesday, game one, Weaver on the mound for the Diamondbacks, and Weaver is definitely not a slouch. Weaver is one hell of a pitcher. But he's got to go up against Webb, and Webb has been 
killer this season. And obviously the money line, there is no value to it. Plus what 225 versus Webb, minus 275. So stay away from that. However, there is decent, and I do mean this decent action going on on the Giants run line. Minus 135. It's right on that, right on that fence of whether or not I think there's any value to it. But in this particular game, I think there is value to that. And I think you should take a look at the San Francisco Giants on the run line. And honestly, throughout the rest of the series, you probably want to take a look at that run line. Just through the series. I, I can't imagine the Diamondbacks even putting in much of a fight, to be quite honest. The other side of that NL West, ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are sitting on 100 wins, but are in danger of not winning their division. I still can't believe that's a thing, but it is. Well, they got Walker Bueller on the mound, and they are playing against the San Diego Padres. And here's the thing. The Padres have been playing terrible. They've been playing absolutely terrible. But, and the last time they played the Dodgers, the Dodgers did sweep them. But the Padres always play the Dodgers pretty hard. The one downside, they're playing in L.A. And the way the Padres played on Sunday, they looked like they were sleepwalking in that game. I can't imagine they're going to go to L.A. and not give the Dodgers everything they can. But I'm more inclined to think they would if it was in San Diego in front of their home crowd. Darvish has not looked good since coming off the I.L., although Bueller hasn't been looking very good lately either. That guy was at the front end of the Cy Young. He looked like it was his and his alone for a whole month up until two weeks ago. And look what we're happening right now. He has fallen down, not even to second, possibly even down to third within the National League. But he's got the San Diego Padres tonight. What do we look like on Tuesday evening with this game? Listen, I like the Dodgers on the run line, minus 125. I think you should take a look at that as well. Seems like a fairly safe bet. The Padres have been, for lack of a better phrase, anemic. It's been hard to watch, especially for somebody that actually played for the San Diego Padres. And I have a very soft spot in my heart for the San Diego Padres. So to see them collapse the way they have, quite frankly, hurts. At the top of the show, we mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. Ladies and gentlemen, Tampa Bay Rays, best team in the American League. Most likely, if I were to guess now, I'd like to see a Chicago White Sox versus Los Angeles Dodgers World Series. I think that would be amazing. I'm inclined to think we're most likely going to get our hands on a rematch from 2020. Because in my opinion, the best team in the National League is the Dodgers. Now, October, anything can happen. In my opinion, the best team in the American League is the Rays. But October, anything could happen. And there's a lot of parity within Major League Baseball right now. So it's going to be a very, very interesting October. But right now, Tuesday evening, what has Tampa Bay got? Well, they got themselves a little bit of a playoff possible preview. They're taking on Houston. Michael Walker on the mound, plus 120 on the road in Houston. And here's the deal. Anytime you can get your hands on plus money for the Tampa Bay Rays, you take it. I don't care who they're playing. Absolutely going to fade Houston in this game. Houston has not been playing very good lately. That's why I'm actually even surprised that they are currently favored. I agree that Michael Walker might not be the pitcher he once was, but that Rays offense doesn't seem to stop. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you should look at Michael Walker and the Tampa Bay Rays on the money line Tuesday evening, plus 120, and take a look at those pitching matchups going throughout the rest of that series. Because what it comes down to it, that's a fairly evenly matched series. Comes down to the pitching matchups, the end. That's what it's going to come down to that series. So keep your eyes on Tampa Bay and Houston, a potential October preview. And lastly, a big game tonight, a 
big game because one team is currently sitting three games out of the second wild card spot while the other team is a game and a half out. And I haven't even made up my mind on what I'm going to do yet. I'm going to make up my mind live right here, right now for you. Because Oakland versus Seattle. I've been all over Seattle. I mean, all over Seattle. I want them to make the playoffs so bad. I want those two wild card spots to be Toronto and Seattle. Because I am an absolute fiend for the 90s. 1992-1993 World Series winners, Toronto Blue Jays. Cito Gaston, great mustache. Seattle Mariners should have been the American League version of the Atlanta Braves, but they weren't. That team was an all-star team. Ken Griffey Jr., Paul Sorrento. I mean, it just keeps going. Jay Buhner, Alex Rodriguez. Then the list goes on. Some guy named Randy Johnson. Never heard of him? Never heard of him. Oakland, tonight, they are playing on Tuesday evening against Seattle. They dropped game one on Monday evening to Seattle. I like this team, but this matchup is a little hard for me right now because the Oakland A's have Bassett on the mound. It's his second start ever since getting hit in the head. He is currently sitting at minus 115 versus Anderson, minus 105. Whoo, this one is tough. If this was any other time of the year, I would definitely lean towards Bassett. But right now, this Seattle Mariners team is playing like a team possessed. They are playing like a team that has something to play for, and they do. I don't know if they're going to get to the playoffs, but I want to see it. And yeah, I might be making this pick with my heart, but I'm going to go ahead and take a look at Anderson on the money line, minus 105. Come on, baby. Let's get the Mariners into the playoffs. I want to see it so bad. And come on, so do you. The longest playoff drought of any team in all major sports. Tell me you wouldn't want to see it. And you know you got some faithful fans up there in Seattle that more than deserve this. Let them have it. Let them have it. And those are your games and your series going forward this week. And, of course, we're going to have a whole new slate of games on Tuesday when, of course, Ryan Horvat returns to me later this week when we have our next episode of BetMGM MLB podcast powered by BetQL. That will be taking place on Thursday. So make sure you guys stick around and take a look at that. Make sure you subscribe, like, share everything to this podcast. But we're not quite done yet because we do got to give you some futures. And I talked about it at the top of the show. Listen, let's start with the AL, okay? We're going to talk MVP. And here is something that's been driving me crazy. You watch like MLB Network, you watch like an ESPN, you watch around, people are making a lot of arguments for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I don't, I understand why. Vladdy's having an incredible year. He really is. 22 years old, uh, close to winning the Triple Crown. What an incredible season. And a lot of people are being like, hey guys, take a look at this. What Vladdy's doing, only six guys in the history of Major League Baseball have ever done this. Great. It's pretty cool. I, I couldn't agree more. Let me pull you, show you this photo of Shohei Otani. And let me show you the photos of all the other players that have done what Shohei's doing. Oh, I'm still only holding a photo of Shohei Otani because he's the only person who's ever done this in the history of Major League Baseball. And yes, I'm counting Babe Ruth. All you people that always say, well, like, well, Babe Ruth did it. Guys, Babe Ruth played in an era in the 1910s and 20s and 30s where probably the hardest throwing player threw, 30, uh, threw 84 miles per hour. 
Shohei Otani has 45 home runs and he's got 150 strikeouts. He was an all-star both offensively and as a pitcher. Shohei Otani is not just your MVP award winner. He is literally, like they should literally name the award after him. They should come up with a whole new award. Because normally MVP awards are all about position players usually. You know, the last pitcher to win it, of course, was, uh, I believe, Kershaw. And I was kind of against Kershaw winning that because I didn't feel like he was affecting enough games. You cannot make that argument for Otani. You can't even come close to it. I even saw a graphic the other day where just they were grasping at straws, like dreadfully grasping at straws, saying, well, you know, he's he's only pitched in 34 games where Vlad's played first base in this many games. What? You're bad. You're bad. You're begging. You're begging on that one. And where do those odds currently stand? Well, they are heavily, heavily. And let's just say BetMGM, ladies and gentlemen, completely agrees with me. Check out your futures over that on the BetMGM app. Pull it out. Take a look. Because right now, Shohei Otani is currently sitting minus 3,000. That's negative 30 to 1. Closest second is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Plus 750. Am I saying it's worthless to put money on that? I am. The AL is all locked up, ladies and gentlemen. Shohei Otani, without even question, is your AL MVP. But there is questions on the NL side. And here's the thing. I've gone back and forth. I've told people to take flyers and certain players throughout the year, throughout this season. There have been players that have really stepped up and done incredible stuff. From the get-go, Fernando Tatis Jr. was basically the top of the list of the MVP vote-getters from the get-go. He is becoming the face of baseball. He was exciting to watch, especially early on in that season. By early on in the season, we were getting we were getting October and April between the Dodgers and, and Padres. Of course, the Padres fell off hugely, but can you remember how exciting those games were? They were they were insane how fun those games were. Tatis Jr., who I honestly thought was going to be your MVP. I don't think he's going to be your MVP anymore. Because right now, all the headlines are all about the dysfunction of the San Diego Padres. Not to mention, they've taken Tatis out of position. He's played a lot of outfield to kind of protect his shoulder. He's made some bad errors out there. Not to mention, he's made a lot of errors at shortstop, and his hitting has fallen off a little bit. And let's not forget, he's missed over 30 games due to injury. Which, I, you can make the argument, makes his numbers even more incredible. And they do. He's missed a whole month of the season, and he's still, I believe, leading the National League in home runs. Pretty impressive what he's been able to do. But he is currently not number one in the Vegas odds. He's currently sitting plus 105 currently on BetMGM. Max Muncy, 19 to 1 on BetMGM. Not to mention Juan Soto up there, 30 to 1. Juan Soto's not going to get it. Although Juan Soto has been incredible, especially the second half. Max Muncy, there was looking like he might get himself that MVP award. Then he had a rough, rough August. And that happens. There has been a name that came out of nowhere. He wasn't even an all-star. Kind of had a, I wouldn't say a rough first half, but just kind of a, a first half that came and went. Very forgettable. But in the second half, he's been stellar. Off the charts. Biblical, even. Ladies and gentlemen, Bryce Harper. And I was I was completely against it. I'm like, oh, get out of here. The guy wasn't even an all-star. Isn't the MVP about a full season, not just the second half? 
And yeah, I, I agree with you, Cody Decker, from one month ago, arguing this with Ryan Horvat. Unfortunately, a month has gone by and Tatis has faded. Muncie has faded. Harper is not faded. In fact, currently, as we stand, the Phillies are two games out of the NL East. And the only reason they are is because of Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is having one of the best single seasons of any Philly ever. He is playing out of his mind. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to sit here and say it out loud. And I'm sure my wife will listen back to this episode and play this part over and over again. <sighs> Get out your tape recorders. I, Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, was 100% wrong about Bryce Harper. Ladies and gentlemen, Bryce Harper is going to be your MVP. And, he, and right now, the BetMGM odds makers agree with me because he is currently sitting at minus 123. Now, could Tetis Jr. make a massive uh, run for it at the end of the year? Maybe. There's only a little bit of time left. There's really only six games left. And quite frankly, I think he's out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, Bryce Harper is your MVP. And it's going to be his second MVP award. And you got to hand it to him. Pretty incredible stuff to watch. Guys, this has been BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL. Once again, I am Cody Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Decker6 and, of course, Instagram, Antihero Baseball. Also, check out my other show that I do with Tony Gwynn Jr. It is currently there on the Odyssey app. It's called Big Time Baseball. Check us out. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to BetMGM MLB Podcast powered by BetQL on the Odyssey app and, of course, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We will be back with another episode with Ryan Horvat in tow with me on Thursday. So be on the lookout of that, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Be safe out there. Enjoy yourself one hell of a week of Major League Baseball coming up. Take a look at those odds and pitching matchups. Beat it.